Hey podcast, welcome back. My name is Jasmine Wonders. I am one of your co-hosts along with RJ Rome. Before we jump straight into the episode, I want to take a second to say thank you for being here. And if you enjoy this podcast, subscribe, leave us a comment on social with your thoughts. And now, to the episode. our podcast. This is Married to My Writing, and this is Alexina Brown. Welcome to our podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Thanks for joining us. Um, tell us a little bit about you. Um, so I have my hand in a lot of things. Um, I have become a published author, I want to say about two years ago. Um, I started writing a book series called The, called the Heartbreak Diaries about uh, six years ago. And I just decided to go for just to put it out there, become a self-published author. Um, outside of that, I am a model and aspiring actress. And by day, I'm a web producer for a corporation. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yes. <laughs> so with so many other careers, what made you want to start writing? And what was the process like writing your first book? Um, I've always loved writing. Um, I think in school, I was the only one in class who actually enjoyed the write a paper assignment so it was just a way for me to express myself and to just kind of get away from harsh realities or just to put that it was easier for me to put things down on paper versus speak them so um writing came to me at an early age as far as the love for it um wanting to become a published author um i have like a notebook at my mom's storage which is unfinished books <laughs> so uh-huh. Yeah. So with uh, this particular series, uh, in writing my first book, it was just one of those challenges. It was like, you got to finish this book. you got to finish a book. So, right, um, right. And the book series Heartbreak Diaries, that was something that I was dealing with at the time, various heartbreaks. So I just felt that was a good time to just kind of move out of that space emotionally, as well as uh, just kind of turn my pain into just a creative work. So it's a therapeutic process for you. Yes, definitely. Got um, it. Definitely. <laughs> How true to life is that series? Um, it's mostly based on things that I've gone through, or a couple of books are based on my imagination. Uh, for instance, mm-hmm. the first book from the series, Rushing to Destruction, I actually wrote that as I was dealing with that particular heartbreak. I was in a dating situation, and, you know, usual boy meets girl, girl falls for guy and guy doesn't want to be in a serious relationship so um Mm. with that particular book i was able to express what i was going through um in writing because it was fresh uh it was a fresh situation and with that book i took it from the perspective of you know we all know when a guy says he doesn't want a relationship and the girl keeps going and in the end of the day it's her fault but Mm -hmm. um it also Things that uh, women, they put out red flags, too, as in, you know, how she's acting towards you. She actually answers the phone when you call, returns text messages. She throws out red flags, too. So guys should be uh, keen on that. If they're not ready, then why continue to pursue someone mm-hmm. um, when you're not ready for what they're ready for? So it's just from a different perspective of the heart. So you write under the pen name, um, The Black Dahlia, and yes. I did some research on that. You want to explain to the listeners why you use that pen name? 
Yes, definitely. So um, it it goes back to the original Black Dahlia. I think her name was Elizabeth Smart. Um, she suffered a brutal murder, and is to this day is still a mystery. But um, what intrigued me was a lot of people came forward and said, "Oh, she wanted to be an aspiring actress, or she um, dated a lot of people, or you know, she just basically telling her story." and telling people who she was and she never got the opportunity to tell her own story so in adapting that name i was just basically charging myself to tell my own stories the good the bad and the ugly and to be real with myself and um not allow anybody else to write my story for me so that's kind of the short history of that why i chose that pen name with writing interesting how did you first hear about her? Because I've never heard about her until I found out we were sitting down with you. Um, it's just years because I watch a lot of TV. I like to watch a lot of old Hollywood documentaries. So mm -hmm. it was just one of those things that came up and it's just always stuck with me mm -hmm. for years. Um, so it was just one of those <laughs> guilty pleasures of too much TV. <laughs> <laughs> so I've always been a firm believer that no one is just one thing. My question for you is, how have you been able to balance wearing so many hats, doing so many things? Oh, when I figure that out, I will let you know. <laughs> um, but it is hard to balance so much at one time. Um, I Honestly, I have the guilty thing of waiting until I'm, I'm burnt out, mm -hmm. um, and then I start cutting back. Mm -hmm. But... Um, in this quarantine time, it's actually helped me better with time management um, as far as uh, using particular days to work on certain things. So say like Monday or Wednesday, I may work on writing. And then Tuesday and Thursday, I'm working on doing acting auditions and updating stuff for that. So it's, it's kind of trial and error, honestly. Um, it is very hard, very difficult. And you do kind of run yourself ragged mm -hmm. trying to keep up with so many things at a time. And also, it's just a lesson in, you know, just taking some time for yourself as far as self-care, mm -hmm. um, resting, eating three meals a day. Some days mm -hmm. I go to eight o'clock and I'm like, oh, I didn't even eat today. So, <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> right. So, I mean, it is hard. It's all just a trial and error thing. Um, yeah, I'm still working through it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just a work in progress. So you said you became a self-published author. How has learning the publishing side of things been? And do you find self-publishing to be an easy adventure? Oh, it is not easy at all because, you know, you have a publishing company, you're able to get guidance throughout the process. But um, with me, it was learn as you go. Um, it was, I had to actually didn't understand what a copyright page was and understand the book logistics and how to set things up on Amazon and um, other uh, book distributing companies. So uh, it took a lot of research um, beforehand as well as throughout the process as well as asking questions. I have a best friend. She uh, published a book as well. So she, you know, was kind of like my right-hand person. And, okay, so how do I do this? What do I need to do with this? And it was just, um, it's very rewarding at the end of the day, to be honest with you, but it is a lot of work. Um, I did, I do like having that creative freedom of not being on deadlines or not changing my book to fit within a particular um, box because I, I've heard a lot of writers who are under companies and uh, management and things of that nature. They have to deal with a lot of rewrites, so we don't think it's a good fit, fit for this or that. But in right. writing, I mean, that's your creative work. That's your your words, your expressions, your feelings. So it's kind of hard to revamp that 
into someone else's thoughts of what they think it should be. So um, it is a long, tedious process, but at the end of it all, I can say this came from me and this is authentic. You know, I was, um, I put out a real authentic um, product for people right. to enjoy. And I think readers appreciate that a lot. Yes. You know, I, I mean, I've been reading a very long time and I've found mistakes in a, you know, a traditional published book. So I, I think that self-published authors really are changing the, the world of publishing. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, because it's, everyone's doing it now. And it's not, and you know, you have those who just put out a book and it's not all that good. They just do it just to do it or do it just so they think they can make a quick dollar. But the ones who are truly committed to the process and committed to being an independent author, you can you can tell through their work and through the time that they take to make it look professional as far as like the book cover or just marketing and advertising or going through the editing process. Um, Cause like I said before, this series is like six years in the making. So I really right. wanted to take my time in, you know, making sure I'm a putting out good work as well as making it professional as possible. So it's not something I just threw together and put out there. Right. So does that mean that you're self-editing and making all your covers? Um, some books I have self-edited, um, and some I'll just um, reach out to freelance editors. It just depends on the timetable that um, I'm on, but I do design my own book covers. That's amazing. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. look great. Thank you. It's kind of like a one-man shop here or a one-woman shop. Oh, I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. I'm doing the same thing, and there's, there's a lot of us out there doing the same thing, so you're not alone. Yes, I'm so glad. And it's fun also um, just learning different um, aspects of graphic design and picking out stock imagery and learning licenses with uh, stock images Mm -hmm. and even like formatting books. Like I didn't even know like about margins and full bleeps and things like that. So it's it's a good learning process, but it can be a lot, especially when you want to put something out there um, when you say it's going to come out. Right. What would you say was the hardest part of the process? Um, I would say the hardest part was knowing when to leave it alone. Um, that's why I don't read any of my books after they're published. I just kind of <laughs> let the stories sit out there because if I did, I would just take it back and rewrite it. Um, <laughs> I feel the same way. Yes. <laughs> don't, don't reread it. Yes, I refuse to read my books because it will be a whole different series. Um but throughout the process, it just took me a long time to, okay, it's done, it's done, it's done. Um, you want to edit, you think of something else in the middle of the night. Oh, I may want to end the story this way. And, you know, some things are just, you know, okay as it is. I like to be a perfectionist with my work, but that can also be a blessing and a curse. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that was the hardest part, knowing when to, you know, dot that pen, get that last final period, and just close the book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I say, like, everyone, when they're just starting out, they come to a place where nobody's reading what you've written. Yeah. What gives you that motivation to keep going and to kind of stay the course? Um, I believe in my series. I believe in my work. So I think that's something that um, I think all authors have to come to grips with and 
the beginning stages of self-publishing. Um, just because you put a book out there doesn't mean you're going to be on, you know, New York Times bestsellers list the mm-hmm. next week. You just have to basically believe in the process, believe in your work, and trust it. Um, I this is a marathon for me, not a sprint. You know, mm-hmm. this wasn't a get rich quick uh, type of scheme. I wanted something that was mine that will live beyond me. So I'm thinking, you know, 20 years from now, someone just walk by and just see my series and they enjoy it mm-hmm. versus oh my God, nobody's reading my book today, but I'm still going to keep pushing it. You know, I'm still going to keep writing and keep publishing and keep marketing until, you know, they're sick of me. And it was like, okay, well, I'll just read the book. You know, she keeps advertising it. But um, yeah, I just think that's one of those things that you have to understand with writing as well as, you know, doing anything, um, whether you're in the music or in films, you know, you have something out there that's going to live beyond you. So, you know, think about that versus, you know, the quick the short term that's a great mindset and i'm thank you jasmine jasmine knows i'm like impatient with everything so i think that's great great advice for somebody on the other side who's just starting out and it's normal to feel that way because you know i do get bogged down with i just released the book and only you know a handful of people have pre-ordered or a handful of people have read it or i'm not getting as many reviews as i want but you just have to kind of check yourself like, you know, you're doing okay. You know, this is normal. It happens. And, you know, 10 years from now, you won't be saying the same thing. So, and, you know, it's very normal to <laughs> feel that way. So what do you do for fun? It sounds like you're always working. Is there anything that like a hobby you have or something interesting, unusual? Oh my God. I like to binge watch, um, things that make me happy. So right now I'm on RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of how I decompress and just calm down and not I'm not able to think about anything. Um, I do like to play cards with friends, of course, but, you know, you're with people, you kind of, I kind of get inspired mm-hmm. for writing or inspired for acting or anything. And then my mind goes back into work mode, but you know, just me keeping to myself and having the TV on and not thinking about anything else but what's on TV and what's entertaining me. That's kind of one of my hobbies. <laughs> um, that's how I just uh, calm down so I can get back to work mode. You need that downtime. Yeah, and I also play volleyball too. So um, when I was, when everything before all this uh, quarantine, I was um, on the volleyball team. So that was mm-hmm. kind of a new fun hobby I adapted to. <laughs> <laughs> I gather that the art of storytelling is your passion. How do you, like, what made you want to start sharing? Um, It was just, it started out just being an outlet. Um, mm. I was kind of shy growing up. I okay. didn't really tell people how I felt. Um, you know, I had fun and it was silly and acting, you know, crazy with my friends. But when it came to how I really felt inside, I was either ashamed to say it or um, didn't feel like it mattered. But telling stories to me, that way my words matter and how I feel matters and my emotions, I'm able to just express them in ways that I can't say. So um, that what really started me into the storytelling business, quote unquote. Right. You sound almost like a carbon copy of myself right now as I'm sitting here listening to you. (laughs) Like, you know, I, I, I write myself, but like, you know, I have, I have those struggles with like, you know, should I put this out now? I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm excited. Like, let's go. And then, you know, the next week I'm like, nah, I think this sucks. I don't, you know, I don't know if I could do this, you know? So I go fight back and forth with myself with that all the time. Yeah. I think it's just like the mind of a creator, you know, we're so into 
ourselves in creative mode and then when we get back into the real world it's like okay reality is here so, right. <laughs> so it's, it's just kind of hard I mean it's so once again a blessing and a curse to be a creator because you you can just conjure up so much great things and then you get back into your day-to-day and it's like oh that sucks or you know people won't get it so right. it's it's a back and forth process too <laughs> It's almost the, hard to hear criticism when you're, you know, when you put your heart and soul into something. Yeah. So I, it, it's definitely nerve-wracking putting it out there, but I think at the end yeah. of the day, it's worth it. Yes. Um, criticism, yes. Um, from a perspective of constructive criticism, criticism um, as far as, like, the writing style or people are not getting it, you know, I'm always welcome to that. But, you know, some people think differently and they may not understand the way you're expressing yourself through your work or a way right the characters are coming through because in my head I'm thinking as I'm writing I'm like okay the readers will get it the readers will get it but when they don't it's kind of like it's frustrating it's very frustrating because you put everything into this you know great thing and then it's you know if it doesn't catch on as quick and <laughs> it kind of sucks, but you know that's the, that's the importance of you know podcasts like these and outlets like this, um, platforms where you know authors can explain their work and you know talk about it more. And readers will you know kind of get the hints of getting it. <laughs> right, right. Is there anything personally that you wouldn't touch on in your writing? Um, I would say for right now, um, I think everything is up for grabs. Because uh, within my books, I take pieces of relationships and I put them into one. Kind of like mm-hmm. in my books, I kid myself. I like to build a man. Okay. <laughs> so, I, so um, and a lot of my books, I'm talking about three different exes um, within this one person, or three different situations that happen in uh, different relationships, and I'm putting it in one story. So it's not like it's a tell-all thing, or you know, something that people. Well, my real friends, they know, you know, who I'm talking about, who I'm right, talking about, right. but um, just average, everyday people, they wouldn't necessarily get who and what um, I'm right. eating on, so it's not like I'm exposing anyone, it's, you know, me telling my story, and, you know, getting back to why I adapted the name, I have to be honest with myself, whether I'm a villain in a book, or whether, um, you know, I'm the victim, um, just like my second book, Long Vengeance, it talks about the toxic heart. Um, it was with me dealing with bad breakups and bad relationships and, you know, bad things that have happened to me. And instead of taking the time to heal, I just picked up and moved on and got back to working. But once uh, the character in the story, she found someone that actually loved her, all of those toxic traits uh, was transferred from her to him. Mm-hmm. So I like to tell the good, the bad and the ugly so people can learn from it and also just be entertained by it as well. I think people relate most of those stories. For sure. Um, I always find it easier to write, like, the dramatic parts of life and and the tragedies. So I'm with you on that. Yes. Um, (laughs) With social media being such an integral part of being an author, what is your favorite platform? And do you struggle to manage your social media? Um, Yes, social media is uh, hard to manage because you have to not only put your stuff out there you got to make sure you're using the right hashtags and making sure you're interacting with people and making sure you're liking other posts and interacting there and you know there's fun it's fun things to do but you know when you're in business mode it's like you want to put it out there and go move on to the next thing um but my favorite platform is twitter because you're able to just kind of have a 
just an honest conversation. It's a lot of randomness <laughs> that pops up. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know, it's always just been my favorite platform. It's kind of quick and easy. Um, I can set it up easy on Hootsuite and just kind of schedule my tweets to go out. Um, I do like Instagram too, but it's you kind of you have to kind of baby it a little bit. So yeah, yeah, it takes a <laughs> yeah, it takes a lot. It's one of those uh, one of those kids that need a lot of attention. So um, you have to really set aside time out of your day to work it to where it's to where it's beneficial for you. Right, that's a good idea with the Hootsuite though right? about scheduling tweets. I think I might have to look into that because I'm terrible. Yes. It will save your life, I promise you. Okay. (laughs) Sold. (laughs) On a recent Instagram post, you had, like, the Fearless Friday one. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to ask you, what is something that you were scared of, and what did you do to help yourself take that leap? Actually, moving to New York City, that was the most terrifying thing I think I've ever done in life. Um, I was born and raised in Macon, Georgia, so um, I was used to space that I was used to cheaper rent, cheaper costs. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you probably I had a heart attack. <laughs> I was shell shocked. Oh my God. Um I had a safety net, you know, my family and friends so things that work out, at least I had somewhere to lay my head. But um right here I just came by myself. But what motivated me to just take that leap was basically life. Um I was kind of down on my luck. I couldn't find a job to save my life. You know, I had to move back in with my mom for the second time. Now I'm like in my late 20s, early 30s. And it's just like, okay, I need a change. So really things not working out in one area just motivated me and gave me the push and the drive to just try something new because I felt at that point I had nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. So, right. um, yeah, when I got here, when apartment hunting, I was like, you want <laughs> how much for this closet? <laughs> so, so, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and it was, it's been almost uh, two and a half or three years, and it's still an adjustment, but I love it. I wouldn't trade it for the world. It's like one of the best decisions I ever made in life. Do you think it's someplace you'd stay? Uh, yeah, for a while. I do want to try the West Coast, but I think I want to wait, because um, the way I kind of plan my life, <laughs> um, my 20s, I was in Atlanta, my 30s, I'll be in New York, my 40s on the West Coast, and then my 50s and 60s, I just want to live out of the country, so that's just kind of how I want to set up right now, but of course, when we make, when we make plans, you know, God laughs, so right. yeah, it was <laughs> for sure. <laughs> So we shall see. Stay tuned. <laughs> so I think you just released a book, actually, in February. Is that right? Yes. Yes, The Perfect Is It. You want to tell us a little bit about that and if there's anything else on the horizon for this year? Yes. Uh, so The Perfect Sin, um, it dabbles into the selfish aspect of loving and liking someone. Um, a young girl, she's kind of a free spirit, a little flaky, but still a good person, she's thrown into a world of falling for a man who's attached to another woman. And she's going back and forth with, you know, should I do it or should, you know, should I not? I have, because we all have morals of, you know, leave someone's man alone, of course. But, right, right. It's, it's this basic, it's this um, unexplainable force that he's attracting her to him. And then, you know, on his thing, he's attracted to her as well. So basically, it's a forbidden love. But the book goes into, um, A, how people can be selfish when they want something, what they want, they're not thinking of 
who am I hurting or am I breaking somebody's heart that I don't even know? And it also goes into um, how people fall in love and how people are attracted to each other and what and you know just tells a true authentic story of people who just can't stay away from each other. And also, it comes with a cost. So it just kind of gives a good love story, but it also teaches a lesson and it just kind of puts it puts the ball in your court of you know. Are you able to handle this? Because this is what everything that comes with this great love. And it's right. a very fun and interesting story. And I love writing it. And it's, um, now that I actually had an experience myself. It was uh, based on a crush that I had at a, a place I used to go to. And I just kind of conjured that in my imagination. Like, what if um, that actually happened? So, mm. yeah. So it's like, uh, <laughs> it's like a, um, I lost what I was going to say. <laughs> is it coming back to you no it'll come back <laughs> a long day i see <laughs> you write fictional books obviously but you also have a blog and you you write posts on there yes are you um, when you're writing that do you are you in a certain zone um, usually the blogs come to me at like three in the morning. It's just, um, you know, working on something else and all, and all of a sudden, you know, I have to blog about this. Mm-hmm. Um, at first what it started as was my personal journal. When I first moved to New York city, um, I was talking about me riding the subway and dealing with, you know, people mm-hmm. <laughs> on the subway up to, um, how do I find peace? How would I meditate? And, you know, just authentic feelings about my, um, journey here. Um, but now since I'm, more settled here. I like to uh, write blogs that make people think. I write um, blogs based on the book series. Um, I just released one called He Knew Versus She Knew, um, basically recognizing the man's red flags versus the woman's red flags, and that's based on the book um, Rushing to Distraction. So I just like to write a lot of real authentic things. Um, I actually wrote a blog about self-publishing and what I learned throughout that process to just help people. So you get most of the real-time stuff that goes on with me within the blogs versus the books. How do you have, like, you know, the energy after a long day to write at 3 a.m.? I have no idea, God. (laughs) 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 But I do love to write when the world is asleep. Um, Because during the day, my phone's ringing, I'm getting emails. You know, people are pinging me on Facebook, Instagram. So when everybody else goes to bed and just calm down, I'm able to just really hone into my thoughts and just be alone with my thoughts. So actually, it's really easy for me. I've always been that way. So it was just just one of those crazy things I have, quirks. So if your books were made into a movie, mm-hmm. who would play what? <laughs> do, do you ever think about what characters? What actors would play the characters? I do think about, uh, let's say with the last book, I would love uh, for Brian J. White to play the guy in the book. Um, But girl, I think I could play her. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be awesome. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I would love to play her myself. You know, I, and I think about that too. You know, what if, you know, I could turn these into a series or something like that. So, Mm -hmm. I don't know, maybe a Heartbreak Diary series on Netflix or Amazon or some streaming channel coming in the next couple yeah, of years. Yeah, you never know. Yeah, so it's definitely a, a has, has been a thought. So I would, love to, I would love to see that happen. I want you to give, like, a piece of advice for someone who wants to kind of turn their dreams into their 
career, what would you say to that person? Um, be patient with yourself. You have to be patient and realize that you're doing the best you can throughout the process. One thing that my mother always fusses at me about, she says, when you're too hard on yourself, you, um, you know, you need to be patient. You need to understand that you're doing the best that you can and, you know, life is going to happen. So I think, you know, it's not, it's kind of cliched advice because usually people want to know what to do. They want the blueprint, but there is no blueprint. You just have to, um, work with what you have until you can get more and just, um, you know, understand that it is a process and just hone in on that and just love it. Mm -hmm. For sure. I think those are a perfect words to end on. Thank you so much for joining us with us. Thank you. Yes, I loved it. Thank you so much. It was great meeting you, by the way. Likewise. Thank you. If you made it this far, you survived another episode of Married to My Writing. Stay tuned for our next episode when we talk with indie author Terza Schaefer about all things writing. Until next time. (gasps) Oh, my God.